0: The Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Hello and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of the Parking Podcast. With us today is Todd Littman, founder and executive director of the Victoria Transport Policy Institute, which is a place I've relied heavily upon in my career and my writings and, and this podcast. Love that, love what you're doing there. How are you doing today, Todd? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. So I guess for our listeners not familiar with the Victoria Transport Policy Institute, can you just talk a little bit about the background there, why you started that, and what the purpose of the institute is?
1: Right. I love doing research. So uh, early on in my career, I had an opportunity to start this uh, the institute as a platform for research and consulting on various transportation and land use policy issues. And um, I've been very lucky. I've been able to support myself and my family as a policy analyst uh, w- working on what I describe as the emerging planning issues.
0: I love it. And, and one of those planning issues are things you've talked a lot about to establish some uh, street cred for our, our parking uh, true bloods out there. But you actually wrote a book about parking management with, with uh, VTPI. Talk a little bit about that. What was the name of that book and what led to, to you writing that?
1: Right, so you know, in my research, I discovered that uh, parking is it's the dark matter of the urban universe. it's a force that affects just about everything else that goes on in a city or in a community, uh, including your- your land use development patterns, your travel behavior affordability and uh, and as we're discovering now, local environmental impacts like the heat island effect. The parking policies that that uh, community applies can leverage all kinds of things. And the current policies are really, you could say they're automobile oriented. They're based on the assumption that transportation means driving and everybody drives everywhere. And so everybody benefits if, if a city mandates a, a generous, I would call it, excessive amount of parking. And we know that there are ways that we can manage parking more efficiently so you don't need as many parking spaces in a community to meet the demands. We can apply things like shared parking and regulations and and, uh, pricing so that each parking space works as hard as possible. That instead of having... Each each building, each destination having all of the parking, uh, satisfying all the parking on site. There are ways that we can share and manage parking. So, uh, at the time in two thousand six, when I wrote the book, there was really very little information, very little guidance on how to how to shift from the current paradigm, which is about oversupply, to the um, to this new paradigm, maximizing. Using parking management to maximize efficiency. So I wrote the book, and it has, uh, and I've written a lot of other material, reports and blogs on on efficient parking management, and that has really propelled my career in to some degree.
0: It has propelled my career too because I recycle your content a lot. So thanks for writing that. Love the the calling it the dark matter of planning. Um, It makes me
1: happy to hear that (laughs) other people are using my material. That's really the intent.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. And I'm excited to start recycling some of your new content. So you wrote a new book, which is one reason I tracked you down and begged you to join the podcast. I'm excited about this. I have a copy. I'm in the middle of reading it. New Mobility, Smart Planning for Emerging Transportation Technologies. So talk a little bit about this new book.
1: Yeah, so, um, as I think many of us have heard, there are many new transportation technologies and services that are emerging. They're at various stages of development. So, some are more conceptual, and some are at the, the pilot project stages, and some are becoming commercially available, and some have been commercially available and are expanding. New technologies follow a pretty predictable development curve. And so you can can look at where where a a particular technology or service is in that process and kind of predict what's going to happen in the future. There's a lot of excitement about some of these, ranging from, for example, um, micro modes like e-bikes and e-scooters and their variants and self-driving cars and um, and some some really new ideas like air taxis you know uh self-driving little airplanes usually designed with uh, as, as helicopters uh that is uh vertical takeoff and landing uh things like hyperloop or what's technically called uh pneumatic tube transport uh and even um and also uh things that we're familiar with um things like telework so using telecommunications and delivery services as a substitute for f- physical travel and and things like car sharing and bike sharing so those are all emerging technologies and services that are likely to affect our lives and communities in the future my book examines how we can optimize them so it's a critical analysis of the Benefits and costs that these technologies provide, and and some of the implications. If you look at uh, how they're 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 likely to affect our transportation system, including, of course, parking demands.
0: You know, uh, we have a lot of listeners that are in the parking profession, so I know you talk about some things like, uh, you know, the autonomous of vehicles or probably be shared vehicles picking up people, dropping off people possibly eliminating parking demand. So I know maybe you think that's not the case. It's not going to happen overnight. Kind of what are your thoughts? Should, should I be looking for, for a new job? What has what your research shown about parking moving forward as these new mobilities are starting to increase and complement parking and
1: transportation? Sure. Well, of course, the future is very difficult to predict. Some people, what I call the technical optimists, they, they predict that within a few years, very few people will own their own cars and will rely almost entirely on, on shared autonomous taxis. I'm a little skeptical. I look at the costs of the different business models and the benefits, and I conclude that eventually self-driving taxis could... Reduce the cost of taxi service by about half or maybe a little bit more. So currently a taxi ride costs about $2 a mile. And self-driving taxis by reducing labor costs will probably get it down to somewhere between 50 cents and a dollar per mile. And of course, depending on, on travel conditions. And that will will help a lot of people shift from owning their own car to relying on taxis for uh, the majority of their trips. But that's only possible, I think, in in true urban conditions, where if you call up one of these robo-taxis, it would be at your doorstep within five minutes or so. But people who live in suburban and rural areas will probably find that it often takes 10 to 20 minutes for uh, a self-driving taxi to arrive. And especially if they're needing a particular type of vehicle, such as, say, a van because you're traveling with your family or, or uh, say, a, a pickup truck because you're bringing a bunch of sports equipment, there are many reasons that people will prefer to own their own vehicles, especially suburban and rural residents. That's what my research suggests. And so I, I don't think there'll be a total shift. I think that uh, many suburban and rural uh, residents will still own their own car. And so when they do drive, when they do travel, say, to go shopping or uh, to work, they'll still need a parking space at that destination. Now, in fact, one of the big risks of self-driving taxis or self-driving cars is that if you do own your own car, let's say it drives you to work in the morning. if Parking is priced, but roads are free. It'll actually be cheaper for you to send your self-driving car just to circle the block for hours on end or maybe drive home. And in either case, oh, wow. it's, it's going to generate a lot of traffic congestion. So cities, in the, as, as self-driving cars develop, as, as the technology, as the supply, as the, as the fleet of self driving cars becomes more common cities are going to have to struggle with this this problem and decide are we going to allow our streets to be filled with cars driving in circles to avoid a park paying for parking i think i think that would be a terrible solution i think cities i think one of the warnings in my book is that the there's potential for significant increases in traffic problems and so cities are going to need to develop regulations and pricing to discourage that type of use and encourage if you do have a self-driving car that's driving you to the store or driving you to work that you will still pay for parking that you will decide you will make you will program it to go find an off-street parking space and pay for it if we don't we're going to have uh, what uh, uh, you could call it traffic hell the the new technologies can actually make our transportation systems far worse than they are now.
0: Wow. Yeah. Never thought of it like that. And we kind of see that with, with the Uber and Lyft drivers where, you know, they drop someone off, they're waiting for their next pickup. And maybe there's a parking enforcement officer harassing them or wanting to pay the meter. So it's, it's easier for them to circle the block a few times and it's just adding to that cruising and traffic. And you're right. If parking is, in the future, $10 an hour is going to be cheaper to send the car home and, and park. And these are things are great things to think about. I love the concept of mobility prioritization. You talk about this in your book. Can you talk about this concept and the implications of it as it pertains to parking and curb management?
1: Sure. So one of the really potential new, one of the important potential new technologies is much more convenient regulation uh, enforcement of regulations and pricing so that we can prioritize road space and parking and uh, curb space and parking spaces so for example with a with a app you would be able to find the you would be able to identify the location and price of parking spaces at a particular time. Let's say you're you're planning to drive downtown and whether it, with a current car or maybe in the future with a self-driving car, and you would use this, you use an app to find out where the parking, what parking spaces are available and their price. And so you can make the decision, am I going to pay a premium for a really convenient parking space that's right at my destination, or would I prefer to save some money and choose the cheaper but parking space that's maybe a couple blocks away? So that's the type of prioritization that really creates a much more efficient system. Similarly, efficient pricing, efficient road pricing means you have the information to make the trade-offs so that when you're in a hurry, you would know it's going to cost me, let's say $5 to drive on an uncongested lane, or or I can choose a, um, a slower traffic lane, but I'm not going to have to pay. And by allowing people to make those decisions and prioritize their travel, the whole system becomes more efficient. It means, for example, that when you're in a hurry, you have that option you can you can pay a little extra and and drive fast or for for other trips where you're in less of a hurry you would you would save money rather than time that there's an inherent efficiency in using technologies to allow travelers to prioritize their trips faster when you need it but uh, slower when when you want to save money. The same with curb parking. So uh, you need, you know, in order to to make a good informed decision, you need at the point where you're just arriving at your destination, you need an app or or some kind of guidance system that tells you what your parking options are going to be at that in that area. Those are the kind of technologies that really can actually improve. Our, our transportation system a lot, but they're not glamorous. They don't get a lot of attention. And so I think it's going to be up to, let's say, the, the, the community, the planning, the, the transportation planning system to make sure that these kind of, of technologies, these these prioritization technologies are really uh, deployed and applied to maximize everybody's benefit, to maximize the motorist benefit. And to maximize the, the efficiency of the parking facilities.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of I know Shoop talks about uh, getting rid of, of time limits and, and using pricing for that. So if someone, you know, you're trying to encourage people to stay short term on, on street, whether it's less than two hours, but perhaps you let people park longer, but they pay, it jumps from a dollar per hour to six dollars an hour or something crazy where you can prioritize that. You can decide, Hey, I have the means and money to do that. I want to stay here and not move for four hours rather than drive to the garage. And you're still reaching your 85% occupancy goal. I like strategies like that. So that's really cool. And, but Todd, my goodness, I've seen your bibliography. How in the world do you find the focus? Maybe I have ADHD and I just can't stay focused and write like that for an extended period of time. So Man, how do you, how do you do this? How how do you keep researching and writing and coming up with content like this?
1: Well, uh as I mentioned, I love research and these issues, new issues are always coming up. Being a planner or being a policy analyst is is really it's an exciting field because there's always something new. Autonomous technologies are exciting. The experience with the with the COVID pandemic has Raised all kinds of interesting issues and been a natural experiment to test a lot of ideas. For example, we've been talking about uh, um, uh, telework and and tele telecommuting for for many years, and suddenly now that there or during the pandemic when there was a, a motivation, an awful lot of people discovered that they could work at home and rely on delivery services rather than driving to the store. So. Emerging issues, If my advice to anybody who's interested in in planning and wants job security is just to become the local expert on whatever emerging issue comes up, whether it's bicycle planning or parking planning or uh, affordable housing planning or policies for uh, uh, addressing climate protection goals or whatever. If you can be a little bit ahead of the of the curve, if you can be one of the first people around to really understand the issue and explore how it can be applied in a particular community, you too can become famous and rich as a <laughs> parking, as a as a transportation and land use uh, planning expert. Well, I should warn you, you're not necessarily going to become famous or rich, but you can have a really satisfying job. I describe my field of policy and planning as um we're professional do-gooders it's our job to help make our communities a little bit better than what would otherwise occur so i i find this kind of uh the, this kind of research and planning work really satisfying i i hope other people can share
0: same and i think you're 100% correct in that you know i have this lifelong learning Nature. I love learning. And anytime there's some new, if it's even in the realm of parking or transportation, I want to learn all about it. And and because again, like you said, that's that's job secure. That's gonna no matter how the industry changes, if you show you're able to pivot and learn and adapt, you're going to make it. And one of my strategic sponsors is the International Parking and Mobility Institute. They used to just be IPI, International Parking Institute, and they added that M. A few years back, because they again just trying to increase that education and awareness from parking professionals to step outside your comfort zone and learn about some of the the new things. Very good stuff. And also you talked about with Victoria Transport Policy Institute, you've been able to support your family through this research, but you've also been able to travel around the world. So I think in your bio from the book, it said you've been to every continent except for Antarctica. That's really cool. So all that was from work from research or presentations or conferences talk talk a little bit about some of your travels.
1: Sure. Well, I I have been very lucky that I have gotten consulting contracts and speaking engagements to many places around the world. And it really I think it is because I have worked on some uh, emerging issues and so people are interested in in the the kind of analysis i'm doing where we're applying really it's it's just basic planning principles and economic principles and and looking how those concepts can be used to to solve problems it's really about problem solving so over my career i've done uh for example uh been able to participate in, in some major conferences in Asia, sponsored by the Asian Development Bank, doing consulting work up, uh, uh, on on bus rapid transit. In fact, I'm, I'm particularly proud that I was invited as part of a team that went to South Africa in 2009 in anticipation for the 2010 World Cup where South Africa had committed to having transportation systems to serve on uh, to serve the, the these these uh, arenas, you know, uh, soccer, what we would call soccer arenas, in various cities, and and we use that that as an opportunity to to start bus rapid transit systems as part of the part of this the long term benefits from the from the 2010 World Cup. I was uh, last year I was able to speak at a bicycle. Uh, arctic bicycle planning conference in uh st petersburg in russia and these are all because uh people you know all of these opportunities resulted because i've um done analysis that i then wrote up in in reports uh that i i circuit i i make available on our website for free and so uh when conference organizer or a city that's looking for uh, somebody to help them deal with the traffic or transportation or parking problem um, sometimes m- my name comes up and i I've been very very lucky to be invited that's
0: really awesome man you're on my route ra- Mount Rushmore of parking you and Donald Shoop are, are two of the four heads, but I uh, appreciate all the, the writing you've done and the work you've done with with vtpi and how can listeners learn more or follow along or even join uh,
1: the Victoria Transport Policy Institute? Yeah, well visit our website vtpi.org and you'll see there's a button that allows you to sign on to our newsletter, our quarterly newsletter mailing list, and I'll be glad to share to keep everybody updated on our new publications. Uh, you can also uh, see my work, uh, my blogs posted on the Planet Isn't website that's a a website for professional planners and i I typically post something about once a, a month or so my latest uh, publication or my latest blog I should say is uh, a critique of the urban mobility report that's the the uh, Texas transportation Institute's uh, reports on um, the costs of traffic congestion in the United States and I uh, have some some critiques of their methodologies. Uh, So that's the kind of research and writing that I engage in. Uh, Some of your readers might be interested in some of the other blogs that are specific about parking uh, strategies for for more efficient parking management. And and some analysis I do on what are the costs of parking? Uh, One of the surprising gaps in our planning analysis is that It's very difficult to come up with estimates of the costs of a parking space and therefore the benefits, the savings and benefits that result from more efficient parking management. So a lot of my writing and um, and analysis gets back to that kind of economic analysis, asking, what does it really cost if the zoning code says there has to be one parking space per apartment unit or or three parking spaces per, hundred, per per thousand square foot of office space. You know what are the costs, and therefore what are the potential savings and benefits if we apply alternative solutions and and uh, reduce the number of parking spaces that are needed. So, if you're interested in any of those kind of issues, visit our website and track uh, the planet is in blogs.
0: Yeah. And I'll put those links in the show notes. I'm actually very familiar with Planet Isn't, although now I know how to pronounce it, but I was studying for my AICP certification, and I did a study module through them. Mm -hmm. Also, you are on the board of Parking Reform Network. I'll give them a shout out. I think everyone in parking should be a member there. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And Todd, when you're not writing some new book or working on some new research. What do you like to do for fun?
1: Well, uh I am an I'm an urbanist, so um there's nothing I like more than just walking around my city and bicycling around my city and stopping to enjoy the amenities like like street cafes and and uh local parks. And um a few months ago we got our own pandemic puppy. And so For the last, since then, our lives have been organized around serving this little (laughs) energetic uh, force of nature. And um, so that just enhanced or increased the amount of time we spend out walking. We have to, we now must go on two or three or four walks a day to keep our puppy happy. And frankly, that makes me happy too. Oh, that's
0: awesome. And I can relate. We also got one in the middle of the pandemic. We said, well, since we're home for six months, we might as well use this time to train, potty train a a new pup for, we have another one. So we wanted to get, give her a companion, but, Oh, that's fun, man. I, I, uh, he's a mess. He's a ball of energy too, eats everything, but they're, you know, wouldn't trade him for anything. That's great. Exactly. (laughs) Our
1: lives, our lives were not, we're not, confused enough. So we decided they, they they our lives were too simple and easy. So we had to complicate things with our public yeah,
0: exactly. I question it sometimes, especially when I'm trying to record a podcast and get yeah. constantly interrupted. But lastly, to get a hold of his book, The New Mobility Smart Planning for Emerging Transportation Technologies, I have a copy. It's incredible. Everyone in parking mobility should be reading this. You can go to Island Press website. Search his name, search the book, but I will put the actual link in the show notes so you can just click it from there. And you can even get 20% off. Use the code LITSMAN, I L T M A N, all caps, which is last name, L I T M A N, to get 20% off for being a friend and follower of the Parking Podcast. So definitely check it out, purchase the book. So, Todd, man, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for all the writing and uh, research you do and that you share that to us in the parking industry. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining. Thank you. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the parking podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media produced by me, Isaiah Mal. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilley. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker Solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. Are you interested in your parking organization becoming APO, Accredited Parking Organization, certified through the International Parking and Mobility Institute? Or perhaps you're interested in one of your green garages becoming ParkSmart certified through USGBC? Well, the Parking Podcast is here to help. Our Parking Accreditations Consultants Network will ensure you are matched with the best site reviewer or green garage assessor available for a fraction of the price. Learn more at parkingcast.com consulting. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.